ready to stop spinning your wheels and start moving your business forward, you're in the right place. On each episode of Accelerate to Achieve, we'll discuss a crucial step in the journey, offering tips and advice that you can apply immediately within your own company. From financial management to customer success to digital transformation, we'll cover it all while providing leadership lessons from top industry insiders. In just 15 minutes, you'll be inspired to build momentum through action and achieve incredible results. Welcome to Accelerate to Achieve, the podcast that moves you from question to answer and idea to execution. Hello, and welcome back to the latest edition of the Accelerate to Achieve podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Walter, the founder of Perils Advisory. This is the second of a two-part series of discussions with our guest, Maria Ross. Now, while listening to episodes in sequence is not necessary, if you haven't already heard part one, I encourage you to do so after listening to this. Now, Maria is the founder of brand consultancy Red Slice, as well as author of her most recent work, The Empathy Edge. Maria, we appreciate you returning for the second episode, and we're so glad we didn't scare you off. (laughs) I'm happy to be here. Now, in the last episode, we touched on the concept of empathy and how using that to set your vantage point and shape your approach can have a real significant impact on the performance of your business. Now, I'd like to extend that further into establishing your company's brand and where the two meet and support each other. So to start that, for someone considering developing their brand, where do they begin? Well, I mean, that's the interesting thing, I think, is that empathy has always been a cornerstone of good marketing and branding because it's about not about you and what you want to say. It's what your audience that you serve needs to hear. And so it is all about empathy, even if for years we never called it that, right? It's getting inside the mind of your your ideal customer or client, trying to understand the world from their point of view and what would be of most value to them in in terms of the product or service that you provide. So it's interesting because when I work with clients on brand strategy, it is sort of a Venn diagram of what the business owner or the business's purpose is all about and what brings them joy and what gets them to work every day combined with what their customer or client actually needs and wants. And so when you're building a brand, it really is about looking at things you have to kind of you have to hold both in your head at the same time. You have to be able to look internally at what drives us and what are we passionate about and what is our mission. But you also have to look externally at what your customers or clients need and also how they need to hear it, right? That's where brand is a brand is communicated visually, verbally, and experientially. So when you are able to identify your target client or your target customer, it's about, okay, what tone is going to resonate best for them? What uh, voice is going to resonate best for them? What of all the benefits I could talk about, about my business, what are the buying drivers that they have that are going to be most compelling to them? So you have to, at some point, get out of, of looking at things inwardly and really start to look at things outwardly. And the, and the marriage of that is where an amazing rock star brand comes together, where you feel good about the brand you're putting out in the world. It represents genuinely who you are. You can walk your talk. You know, it's not just some painted veneer. Um, but then also marrying that with when you are crystal clear on your target clients or customers and what they need and who they are, 
your brand instantly resonates with them. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I've been looking for. You're the voice in my head. And that's really want, what you want to get to. That also means that you have to let go of being all things to all people because you can't create that kind of rabid connection with a particular market or a particular target if you're just so generic that you're trying to please everybody. And that's one of the biggest mistakes I see business owners making is they're trying to, you know, feed all the beasts. And when you try to be all things to all people, you end up being nothing to no one. So, you know, as we look at perhaps what the end components are of the brand, for those who perhaps don't realize beyond the swoosh of the Nike logo, there's more to the brand mm -hmm. than just that. What are key components that perhaps we're not thinking about, but if we considered a little deeper, right. we might realize are actually the key components of the brand. Yeah. I mean, you got to think of a brand like a person, right? A, a person's personality, values, and ethics are not simply the clothes they wear. And so that's the mistake that a lot of business owners make when they put too much stock in the visual representation of the brand. Um, that's just how your brand is dressed up, but your brand is really the core and essence of of everything you do. It's your mission, your vision, your purpose. It's who you serve. It's what value you offer. And so when you're in a given market, it's also what separates you from others that offer the same thing. So as an example, you can look at Honda and Porsche. They both sell cars, but they're selling a very different vibe to very different buyers with very different buying drivers. And so, uh, pardon the pun, but um, you have to really know who you are as a brand and who you serve. And it has to be communicated, not just through your logo, but through everything you do in the business, through how you walk, how you talk, how you act, your policies, your website experience, your product quality, your product features, all of those things have to be infused by the brand. So the brand is really the foundation of every other business decision that you make. So as it becomes part of the foundation, you then need to make it compelling, engaging, and differentiating. Seems mm -hmm. like there's a whole lot of companies out there. Um, are there really that many variations? And how do I make sure it stays compelling, engaging, and differentiated? Yeah, I mean, that's where the messaging component of brand is so important. And it's sort of given short shrift over like the fun visual element of a brand, right? But the, the visual element, your logos and your colors, those should actually com be communicating a story. And if you don't know what that story is before you design a website or you design a logo, then it's just, there's no consistency there. So you really need to understand what your story is, your message is first, and then do all the other things, right? Do all the visuals, do all the tactics, the PR strategy, where are we going to be on social? Are we going to be on social? You make all those other decisions, but you can differentiate in many different ways. So differentiation, I, I love to tell my clients this, it's not what you think it means, right? It's like um, that line in Princess Bride, you know, I don't think that means what you think it means. It's, um, it's not about doing something that nobody else is doing, because otherwise, how many companies would actually be differentiated? Like, unless you are the company that created the Mars rover, you know, what is it called? Perseverance. <laughs> you know, most of us are doing something that other practitioners, other companies do in some way, shape or form. How you differentiate is a couple of vectors. You can differentiate by the value you offer. So kind of going back to that Honda and Porsche example, they promote different, different benefits to their audiences of what they provide. Honda is about safety, reliability, and value. 
Porsche, not so much. They're about performance and speed and cachet. And so you can differentiate by the benefits that you tout. You can differentiate by the market you serve. So do you serve women business owners? Do you serve small business owners? Do you serve large enterprises? Do you serve um, consumers? Do you serve a certain kind of consumer? That's why it's really important not to make your target audience so generic that pretty much any it could be anyone, right? So you can differentiate by, um, for example, my business is I target entrepreneurs and fast growth businesses. I don't I can serve large enterprises. Microsoft has been a client of mine in the past, but that's not where I I put my bets down, right? Like that's not where my messaging is targeted to. So that's how I differentiate there. And then you can also differentiate based on how you do business, your methodology, your vibe, your voice. You know, is it different from everyone else that's out there? But is it genuine? This is the thing where companies fall into a, a bad trap of like, well, I want to be different for the sake of being different. So I'm going to be provocative or I'm going to be funny or I'm going to be edgy, but that's not who they are. And that's not actually what the person they serve wants to hear. So you need to find your own voice and your own vibe um, and your own, you know, how do you approach the work that's different from other people? And, and different from other companies, because that, that philosophy, that manifesto is also an aspect of differentiation. Well, I'll tell you, I think the rodents of unusual size have truly differentiated themselves, and we all know who they are. <laughs> so it's good to see, in your example, it's carrying through. Yes. I, I think there's then one thing um, to put all this together and to have all the components worked out and, and to know what differentiates you and know your compelling story. But then there's also that need for authenticity. And you kind of got yes. to it where you said almost doing something to be provocative, but that's not who you are. So where does being authentic come in? And on the contrary, if you're not authentic and true to yourself, does that show and can that hurt you? It absolutely can because your brand is a promise that you put out to the world. You you create an expectation. A brand is an expectation. I when you when I see your brand as a company, I need to then instantly be able to slot you into a mental file drawer in my head. And there's an expectation attached to that, right? You have a very different expectation of Tiffany versus K Jewelers and the experience, the the selection, the you know, all of it, right? And so when you are putting a brand promise out there, you actually have to back it up. It actually has to be the experience that people get. Otherwise, you're just lying to them. And that's where it's not sustainable. That's where eventually you're going to disappoint. You're going to have a lot of negative word of mouth. People are going to go, this, you know, this was not what I was promised visually and verbally. You said these were the benefits I was going to achieve. You know, when you marketed to me, you were all edgy and provocative. And then I got under the hood and you know you're running your business like it's back in the 1970s and so that's not there's a there's a disconnect there and i call that sort of brand schizophrenia um that's what you don't want and so authenticity all that really means it's not actually a thing all it really means is that if you're going to deliver the promise can you back it up do you, can you walk the talk and that means if you are going to and i know people that have provocative and edgy brands and that's cuz that's who they are i'm thinking in particularly of a, a really great event planner in seattle who she's all about like it's kooky it's nutty it's wild it's fun it's playful like she's not going to do a boring 
bridal luncheon. Like that's not the event she's going to deliver for people. And so she attracts a different type of customer because she's backing up her brand promise that she's communicating visually and verbally. So all you need to do is check yourself on, you know, if we're going to go out to the market with a certain claim, whether it's innovation, whether it's empathy, whether it's, uh, you know, playfulness or provocativeness, let's make sure we have our proof points to back that up. Let's look at the brand from the inside out and make sure that we're actually delivering on that promise, or we're going to make a lot of people really, really mad. You know, what you said kind of really hits home. It's, it's interesting um, for myself within the organization with Parallels. One of the reasons I do what I do is I truly love helping businesses grow and I truly love the experience of working with them and, and, and both the personal and professional side of that. And it's funny because more often than not, what I'll hear when I'm talking to people is them saying, I hear the enthusiasm in your voice as you're talking about these subjects. I hear the enthusiasm as we're talking about my business and where we want to go. And I think back to what you said, and none of that is like my intended marketing brand. It's just how I'm walking and talking and it's coming through and it's being genuine to that. So, I mean, for me, that really kind of struck home as you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. And there, and, you know, I, I always tell clients like there are markets for everything. So don't feel like you have to have a certain brand because one of your, actually you shouldn't because one of your competitors does. Or, you know, recently I was doing a consult with someone who is trying to launch a business and she's being told by all these people that her business brand has to be a certain way because of the industry she's in. And I told her, look, but those are not the clients you want to attract. So why would you be that way? If you're trying to attract a completely different kind of client, you have to act in a way that appeals to them if that's really who you are and who you want to serve. Otherwise, you're being disingenuous to yourself and you're being disingenuous to your customers. And you're never going to be happy with the work that you attract, even, you know, quite frankly, even if it's making you money. But she, she, you know, that's not the work she wants to do. That's not the why she started her own business or why she's starting her own business is she wants to do things differently. And that means taking a risk, putting yourself out there and putting a message out there that will resonate with the people that it, it will resonate for. So we pull up to the end here. I'd love to get some targeted advice from you mm-hmm. that you'd give to someone who is sitting here is their mind is blown by everything you've had to say. And they're saying, goodness, I just want to start with step one and figure out what makes me irresistible. And I don't even know how to begin that. It's, it's hard. I mean, that's, you know, that's why I have a job. (laughs) That's what I'm able to help people do. And, and, you know, whether it's me or whether it's another objective outsider who, you know, or, or, you know, one place that's great to start if you're sort of paralyzed is talk to your customers or people who are your ideal customers. Um, You know, back in the day, I used to say, take them to coffee, take them to lunch where, you know, we're not really quite there yet, but, you know, book a Zoom meeting over and just say, be very clear. Like this is not a sales meeting. I just want to understand your, a day in your life. I want to understand your needs and your aspirations, your goals, your values, what would feel like a miracle to you right now. Um, And you can start to just uncover these kernels and these gems of like, oh, I can provide that. I can provide that. I can do that. And then that's the messaging you're going to want to elevate if those are your, your target clients. But the other thing you have to do is before that is you have to identify 
who that audience is, who your ideal audience is, is the, is the underpinning of a successful brand. So you really need to think about who you're serving and not, you know, women between the ages of 25 and 60, like that's too big of an ocean to boil. Who are these people? Create, create some ideal client personas. You can even base them on real clients that you've had. And who are they? Like, give them a name, give them an age. What is their family life like? What are their hobbies? What do they value? What do they fear? What do they aspire to be? What are their goals? And you will, you will very quickly see like, yeah, this is the kind of person I want to work with. And you'll sort of uncover some hidden buying drivers that will probably resonate with you of like, oh, I really do want to talk about X, Y, and Z. And I know that that's going to appeal to that person. But, you know, at the same, you have to do a few things in parallel when you're doing a brand strategy. And the other thing, like I mentioned earlier, is you've got to go inside and assess what is our purpose? Why are we here? Not just to sell stuff and make money because nobody cares about supporting you as a customer for that. But what is it you're actually trying to do? Like, why, why was this the business that you started? You could have started any kind of business. Why did you start this one? And also look at the strengths of the organization. So that's where you, you protect yourself from the Honda Porsche thing of like, you know, Honda's not trying to be Porsche because that's not where their strength is. Their strength is in a different area for a different market. So look at your business in terms of your strengths and your weaknesses. And what are the strengths that you can build a brand off of? Like, we're really good at this. We, we, we um, you know, unlike other people, the way we approach our work is like this. You can start to get the kernels for what that brand story needs to be. And you can marry that against what your ideal audience cares about. I think those are the, the two biggest steps you can do to start on the road to developing your brand. Well, Maria, now twice, you've made me feel good about myself because you've led into something I've either done recently or thought about. And um, again, not not to toot my own horn, but just hopefully maybe to make this real to folks. I mm -hmm. recently went through an exercise with clients and had just not even as good as sitting down because we're not all able to sit down with each other right. <laughs> these days, but just, you know, some short questions around, yeah. hey, if someone was looking for help, uh, when would you when would you be recommending me? Why do we continue working together? What do you see as value? For me, part of it was, hey, does, does what they see of me align back to what I think I'm doing? <laughs> but also maybe, maybe my real value isn't in what I realize it is, and I got to make sure I'm talking the right language. So while mine was a little bit more probably pointed in the reasoning for doing it, I think you touched on a much broader concept and how that, you know, continual evolution and learning is, is kind of critical to the process. Absolutely. And if, if I may, I just want to share a free resource with folks. Um, I have an explain what you do so more people buy from you free guide. And it's really, it's really the bones, the kernels of a brand strategy because it makes you define what you do, who you serve, and why it matters, which is really the fundamental part of a brand story. So if folks go to red-slice.com slash explain hyphen what you do, all one word, they can download a free ebook that will talk them through that. And those are really the fundamental questions you need to answer when you're starting down that road of building your brand. Well, Maria, first, I'd like to thank you for showing us over these last two episodes how critical that merger of being true to those who we serve 
and the need for a clear and compelling message really are. So again, thanks for joining us and being on with us over these last two episodes. And for those who um, perhaps didn't uh, write it down fast enough, we will work to put the link, uh, that last link that Maria provided into the show notes as well. So Maria, thanks so much for being on. You are so welcome. Thanks for the conversation, Ryan. You know, as we close the episode, I'm reminded of a statement Steve Jobs once made. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most importantly, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Thank you for listening today. I look forward to joining you on the next episode. Until then, I'm Ryan Walter, and remember that solving your biggest business problems begins when you decide to accelerate your approach and achieve more. At Parallels Advisory, our focus is your business's future. Having the right insight, experience, and perspective makes all the difference when tackling far-reaching issues within your company. We are here to simplify the steps, unlock your potential, and move you forward making your vision a reality. We've helped startups achieve massive growth, Mid-sized businesses navigate digital transformation and enterprises embrace innovation. Wondering how to jumpstart your business and move it forward? Contact us to discuss your audacious goals during a complimentary consultation. Thank you for listening to this episode of Accelerate to Achieve. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. Got a question? Feedback on the program? Or interested in being a guest, simply go to perils.co forward slash A2A podcast and send us a message. To learn more about our work or to book a consultation, visit us at perils.co forward slash contact. Until next time, remember that solving your biggest business problems begin when you decide to accelerate your approach and achieve more.